Setting the Edge podcast. I'm here in vivo in Mobile, Alabama, <laughs> con el hermano Edge, <laughs> Charles, Carlos, Carlos McDonald. <laughs> Say what's up to the people, Carlos. What's up? We're here from Mobile, Alabama. Uh, Sully, Sully Football told me to go slow on the intro. I I forgot to do that. We went really fucking fast. I'm at J U M O S Q. Uh, Charles is at Four Verts. Uh, like the play that you could run against the Green Bay Packers defense and complete a 40-yard bomb on every single fucking time. 44 to 21. 44 to 21. I'm wearing a a uh, Roddy White jersey. As <laughs> yeah, I, I, my dog wore it for the whole game on Sunday, so it's, it smells great for justice. Yeah, so I get to roll up in this before we go to Vitz. Uh We're here with Mr. Optimum Scouting himself, Eric Galco. Say what's up, Eric. What's up, guys? So we just watched day one of the Senior Bowl practices. Uh, there were like no knee pads, and there's like very little that you yeah, can get. Yeah, what from did you guys <laughs> watch? Uh, we watched like the pa- we watched yeah. the linemen oh, the whole time. Yeah, check out edge rushers. Yeah. yeah, well, like the the Browns had us running fucking back and forth the entire time. Like they were like linemen in this end zone, now the other end zone, now yeah. this end zone. Like Gene Bramwell was like bitching about yeah, it. Gene Bramwell from pissed. Football Guys. We had to meet up with him in the second practice. He turned to us and was like, "What the fuck are they doing? What the, <laughs> what the fuck were they doing? Like, tell me what the fuck they do." And then they had some back drill where they were doing shit behind their back, and he's like, "What were they doing?" I was like, "I think it was just some like get on." get comfortable being uncomfortable type of thing. Yeah, Gene had a he had a, a list of things that he was mad about that he was writing down throughout the day. <laughs> people were shitting on the Browns all day. So we heard that they had like yeah. 60, 60 people there. 57. 57 people. Oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah. I overstepped that line. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> 57 people there. Well, heard too much. And then uh, there were, there were someone said that they have 11 scouts here and 11 scouting assistants too. Like they have a massive amount of people down here for some reason. Yeah, I mean, they're, the problem with the Browns right now is that you know, certainly they're still trying to do this whole analytics portion, and they haven't, like, they didn't, like, cut ties with a lot of guys, so they kind of, like, added a bunch of guys to this analytics team. So, for example, actually one guy with Optimum Scouting last year um, left Optimum Scouting, did some consulting, not consulting, like, analytics internship with them, because they were kind of getting a lot of offensive line analytics, a lot of, like, what you were doing last year, um, but it was mostly focused on, like, just, like, trying stuff out, and, like, what, let's, let's do the analytics, see if it, like, means something, and then go from there. Right. But uh, but they haven't, like, let a lot of those guys go. So the worst part, of the Browns, like, the sad part about this whole Browns, 57 guys here, is that, granted, like, 20 of them are probably coaching staff and administrative right. staff. But, you know, the 57 guys here, outside of, like, five executive guys or personnel guys, like, half these guys might have a job in two, three months. And that's yeah. the frustrating part. These guys are here working for the Browns, but you can't have a 22-person scouting team, 11 scouting teams, you can't have enough work for them. And they're going to let a lot of these guys go, which is a really sad part about that. But... 57 guys here is absurd. If, I mean, considering like I said 20 guys for coaching staff, that's 27 scouts here. You don't yeah. need 27 scouts here. And if you're managing the coaching staff, too, you can't man- – like Hugh Jackson can't manage all these guys at once. Right. So it's Sashi Brown, who's not like this big, powerful executive guy. He's a smart guy, analytics guy, a guy I think actually most of draft Twitter should like love. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy who went from like the business side and like love football yep. to being in charge of the Browns. I mean, he should be like draft Twitter messiah. Yeah. But like he's – way over his head in terms of like managing 27 guys to make it productive. So they look certainly chaotic and understandable. Yeah. So. The, oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, also, I, I probably, you're probably not listening, but uh, the Browns have a scouting assistant who is absolutely beautiful. So if you're listening to this uh, podcast, you got us, please tweet at me, at Four Verts. I love you. <laughs> he's like, he's like four different times. He's like, yo, there's my wife with Hugh Jackson again. <laughs> 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 uh, 
was funny. So, like, the Brown, like, both of these teams, I don't remember teams running, like, team looks that early into practice. Like, both teams ran, like, team yeah. before they stretched. Like, yeah. that seems super weird. I think it's mostly just to, like, install some stuff, like, yeah. game situations. Well, they were, yeah, they were running, like, RPOs and stuff like that before yeah. they even stretched. I don't know. So, like, so I work with um, the two All-Star games that none of you fucking guys go to. Um, the Dream Bowl and the HBCU All-Star game. This is the but, only All-Star game that we go yeah. to. Yeah. Let me Thanks, know. Guys. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks for helping me out. No, but, uh, but, like, coaches, like, do different things for All-Star games. Some of them... We'll just like stretch new individuals, install team, install seven on sevens, whatever that might be. Some teams want to do install immediately, but I kind of hate this method because yeah. you don't really want to watch these guys before they're like loose. Yeah. So like you just get the first. That's like, what I don't get. Practice it's like sucks. stretch in the middle. That yeah. doesn't make any sense at all to me. Yeah. But. So I don't really get it, but I don't know. There's, I mean, the, the senior bowl is usually much better at practicing this. It's probably one of the worst years I thought of as far as like being efficient in practice. The Shrine yeah. game's notoriously always well, terrible, but yeah. senior bowl is not usually this bad. Like the the second practice, they were practicing like PAT starting like with 30 minutes left yeah. and that's when we were like yo we out you know the problem is that Gus Bradley's not here he's been here every year there's not enough <laughs> cla- there's not enough clapping here man no, like I people know. people yeah. are like yeah Gus, Bra- Gus Bradley's the adult in the room telling running the shit like everyone thinks it's Phil Savage it's actually Gus Bradley doesn't matter if you win or not man <laughs> senior bowl Jaguars doesn't matter if you win or not yeah I mean as bad as the uh the Bears practice was today I thought it was, like those Jaguar practices last year were awful. Yeah, it was straight they, stretching. They, they it was straight awful. stretching and like clapping. It's like yeah. you itch your nuts and it's just Gus Bradley like, yeah. out a boy, out <laughs> a boy. Yeah, man, that was too much. So who stood out today? Who who do you like, Eric? Um, so I was kind of bounced around a lot. I thought uh, uh, Deshaun Hall was everyone. Yeah, Schmoozing, I know Tuesday Schmoozday. Um, Deshaun Hall was the guy I liked the most, and yeah. I'm actually super bullish on him. I think he's gonna go probably late first round. You um, think? Yeah, but he, I mean, for a basketball guy. Um, who's like his bend off the snap for a six six guy is remarkable, and he made Antonio Garcia. I know you're yeah. Josh Norris is like big fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean Garcia, South Ranger guy, um, has a Tyron Smith comparison, but he doesn't really have Tyron Smith's like strength or hold a point of attack. And Deshaun Hall beat him with a speed rush. He doesn't look. It, he doesn't look like two ninety five either. No. He's like he holds that weight crazy. Like, yeah. It's like Teron Armstead type. Yeah. Stuff. And and Hall is a guy. I mean, he didn't produce a lot in college, and I think part of that's because like just missed opportunities. He's been a three year starter. Yeah. Um, I think he just doesn't have a perfect feel for like when to use a rush move when not to but yeah. like back to back reps against Garcia who legitimately is a top 50 pick yeah. he beat him on a edge rush move just a pure like bend to the corner yep. rip move underneath and then just a bull rush yep. um, then against top off the tackle here that's going to be pretty impressive and I think he's I guess I think he's a first round pick and probably one of the top guys draft. that's crazy because that's like that's the one dude who I haven't seen is Deshaun Hall. Oh, like, yeah. I've seen every single other edge rusher. Like, I could tell you about every other edge rusher in the class. The last dude on my list was Deshaun Hall, and I was going to watch him last night. And that draft breakdown didn't have any videos on him, so I was like... Really? I just yeah. remember last Well, week. they had they had 2015 stuff. They didn't have 2016 okay. stuff. So I didn't watch him. But, yeah, I mean, he killed it. I mean, they went they went, they went went back-to-back. Like, the, f- I think it was... He went up second rep yeah. in the entire senior yeah. bowl, gets up, beats him outside... And then comes up and they're like, yo, no, 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 go do that again. Because he was in a wide nine tech. Everyone else is like lining up in a six. He's out in wide nine, tilted, right? And then they made him go again and they're like, try to do that again. And he did it again, but he countered on the inside. Yeah. And then it's like fists. Like it was like yeah. they got into his face. Next rep, they come up and then they he beat him again. He beat that tackle again from uh, from Troy, right? Yeah, yeah. And then they were going to have him line up again. Because like for some reason they had those two line up. Like, they wanted, every single time Deshaun Hall went up, they wanted him to run it twice. Everyone else just did it one time. And then they were like, we're not about to have these dude, two dudes who fought each other, like, yeah. run back-to-back reps again. They're like, no, 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 no. They brought in another lineman, and he beat him. And then he beat the crap out of whoever, uh, 58. 
the dude Mississippi. from Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's getting it, he's getting his ass handed to him down here. Did he? I had a couple. I saw it's a couple bad. of all right, but uh, he fell started like four times in a row. Yeah. One on one drill. One of these guys beat him pretty bad. I forget who. I know uh, the Villanova kid. He's Tano. he's doing like, all right. On the weigh-ins. I don't know. I, I think I told you before. He's before obviously not for the podcast, but. Uh, He's just a speed rusher and like a yeah. power rusher's body. And that's that's what you said. Fun. You're like they're gonna figure like they figured out he's a tall speed rusher and day yeah. two like they're gonna shut his and ass down. And not to play the whole like the scout game, but I'm in the Northeast part. I live in Philadelphia, so Villanova's like right by there. I go right. to like two or three Villanova games. I know a lot of Northeast guys, and like every one of them's like I don't get why, you know, he's viewed as this like top hundred pick because no. he just he can never finish in the backfield. You watched him yet? Yeah, I watched him, and watched he's him. like okay, he's so. not he doesn't have any glaring holes in his game, but he doesn't do anything above a baseline exactly. and it's like the only thing that he has a plus like the first line in the scouting report is going to be his size yeah and like there's really nothing the to it after that yeah. yeah so it's yeah. like i mean he's a 6'6 six, six dude huge dude like he legitimate 6'6 six, six. like his elbows start at like his hips like yeah. he's got the longest he's got huge arms like but other than that like he's, he's and I, val- I value a lot more recently like finishing ability yeah um, and that's one thing he can't do is that like after you get past a guy after you make contact can you explode and finish through to a guy that's something he's one of the worst at in terms of the top guys here. Yeah. Hall's good at that. Obviously, Miles Garrett's great at that. Vic Beasley was obviously awesome at that. Yeah. Um, and Clemson, he can he can get there, but he can also finish as well. So I look at that a lot, and that's something he didn't really do in college. But yeah. to be weird, I mean, not talking like small school guys, but Villanova, I think, you know, I think he'll be the highest guy draft in Villanova. But Villanova's got two other guys. Their linebacker, Austin Calatro, is going to be a special teams guy in the NFL for a long time. And then their left tackle, Bradley Seaton. Again, he's like not a guy in the his radar, but like every regional scout, every area scout northeast like raves about him as far as a left tackle playing the NFL. So I would maybe a hot take. I think like he might be the third most productive NFL player from Villanova from this draft class. Uh, that's crazy. That's, that's a very hot take. That's, that's extremely very hot, hot yeah, take. It's like, it's like an <laughs> FCS hot take. <laughs> that's a future yeah. Cincinnati Bengals defensive end. <laughs> future yeah. Cincinnati. Bengals. I mean, that's what they like. They of like course. those yeah. tall guys that yeah. can't do anything sucks. except yeah. for Carlos Dunlap. Yeah. Uh, you know, going back to Deshaun Hall. I remember, I haven't watched him yet either this year. Uh, I mean, outside the UCLA game, but Miles Garrett was just dominating yeah. Connor McDermott in that game. It was yeah. pretty hard to flip. So many gifts in that yeah. game. But, uh, <laughs> gifts. <laughs> but I remember uh, the season opener they had against Arizona State, uh, I think 2015. Okay. Uh, Garrett and Hall dominated uh, Arizona State's offense. I think I watched that game. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, I-, I think Hall definitely has a talent, but – Maybe he's a guy that kind of got overshadowed with Garrett being a five star and dominating yeah. all the time. And uh, he's not really like a big, like aggressive guy. Yeah. I think he like a you know, light a fire under Miles Garrett there, light a fire underneath them to kind of make him be what he should be. Because I think, like I said, he's just kind of wasting opportunities there. But he's yeah. like, I mean, a basketball guy who turned to football. I think as a junior in college, uh, high school, um, like late to football for sure. And then like was a, ba- I mean, looks like a basketball athlete. He's yeah. probably best perspective. He sh- he is what like Tano should be for his size. Yeah, like yeah. the same body type, same arm length. And, yeah, uh, I don't think people really realize how big Deshaun Hall was. Yeah, yeah, like, and he they, bends like, so well. He gets underneath guys so easily for yeah. a six six guy. I mean, yeah. it's nuts. Because he's kind of like he's kind of got that basketball frame. Like he's kind of that gangly yeah. dude, and he can bend too. Yeah. So it's like he he very obviously know he's comfortable with setting up a guy and having a fucking counter move, and he was just thrashing these offensive mm. tackles on that all day. Yeah. Um, some dude who got his ass kicked. Was uh, Forrest Lamp from Western Kentucky at offensive tackle just got shit eaten, yeah. man? Yeah. And then he moved into guard and just stonewalled Dalvin yeah, Tomlinson. That's a tough lead-in for a guy. It's mm-hmm. one guy who got his ass kicked. Yeah, one dude who got it. But <laughs> so that's one thing, right? Yeah, is that we yeah. we talk about like a lot of a lot of people want to give opportunities for like the little guy, right? Wait, and it's like, look, he's this, this dude's like a six-three tackle, right? Yeah. So he he should be given a chance to play tackle because he's like you know 
in in at Western Kentucky, he did well at tackle. Like even against Alabama, he was shutting guys down. Yeah. But here, I mean, it was pretty obvious that like he's getting like he's getting his ass kicked at tackle. Like, and I just, mean, he's a thirty-one and a half. Was it thirty-one? Yeah, and a half? he had short arms. Yeah. I looked up Zach Martin's. Like Zach Martin had long arms for a guard. Yeah. Um, so not the same guy bad too, but I'm I'm hyping up Forrest. I'm a big Forrest Lamb fan. Yeah, um, I, I love like I really wanted to give him a chance at offensive tackle before you kick in and guard, and I think you could yeah. do that because you just play your you, you just play your top five on the offensive line anyway. Yeah, but like if it was it was pretty obvious. I mean, whatever. <laughs> if it's pretty obvious that like Forrest Lamb, like he he's gonna be a guard. Like that, yeah. that's been decided. Taylor Mike, Mike, well, Taylor I Moan mean, was a guy who was talked about as a guard before, and yeah, he's he playing tackle. He right measured now. out though. I mean, I yeah. thought he was gonna be lower than six five. He measured out. I mean, Justin Pugh, same way though. He's playing guard. Right. Those are kind of the comps you want for Forrest Lamb. Both guys obviously going first round. So I think I think Lamb goes first round. I think he's an NFL guard. I think the Justin Pugh and the Zach Martin comp, probably more Pugh than anything else, will be the the biggest one. But uh, you said you watch the edge rushers. Did you watch Tyus Bowser? Did he count? I did, but like that Houston defense is so hard to evaluate because they dropped that outside linebacker so much. He yeah. made a couple good plays when he's like they they play like both of these teams play a lot of underfronts. Like this is kind of getting technical, but they play a lot of underfronts, which yeah. allows like that that strong side linebacker to kind of drop down. And like every literally every single outside linebacker in this game has a background in pass rushing in some yeah. way or another. Yeah. Even Hassan Ridgeway from Temple, he's a defensive end Reddick. for or Reddick. yeah Hassan Reddick. My bad. Hassan Reddick uh, for Temple. I'm still learning everyone's names. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, so he was a defensive end, and he got moved to inside linebacker for yeah. this week. So it's like, I don't know. But Bowser's my dude, though, man. Bowser's dropped like down. He's I love Bowser. He's Yeah, he's he's one of my guys. I mean, he's as, talent, he's as talented as, as, like, someone like Devontae Fields playing in, like, the same type of system. Kind of. But, like, Bowser, so here's, like, the production background right. for Bowser is that he played eight games this year. Um, he missed six games because... And I asked, I already knew because um, I know someone in Houston pretty well who works in there. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> I can say anything. Like, I don't want to call him out, but I have a good source in Houston. No, but the uh, he missed six games because he got uh, an orbital bone fracture because he got in a fight. Wasn't a fight. He's playing foosball with the guys between practices, and one of his teammates like got angry and like hit him in the face on accident, whatever. Um, but anyways, more importantly, he played eight games instead of 14 games. His production in eight games, if extrapolated out to 14 games, um, he would have been FBS's sack leader and tackle for loss leader this year. And most notably, as those six games he missed, five of them were against teams in the bottom half of the FBS in terms of sacks allowed. So yeah. he would have he would have put up numbers. He would have put up one, numbers, of, one of the yeah. best FBS sack producers in the league. And then that's most notably because he's playing weak side linebacker, yeah. who's also dropping back in coverage, which he's shockingly good at for a six. Right? Three, yeah, like he's like forty guy. I don't I don't think people put when people talk about three four outside linebackers. A lot of times people want to talk about like. Pure pass rusher, but yeah. I don't think they really understand that if you're a three-four outside linebacker, defenses aren't sending five guys every single time. Nope. Yeah. Like they're sending, like teams are still sending four. So like if you're a three-four outside outside linebacker, really what we should be looking at is if you can drop into coverage. Yeah, and he's a dude who obviously can drop. Yeah, into he coverage. can do it really well. He worked on that a lot this past year too. I know uh, speaking with that same source, but uh, but no, I mean NFL teams are super bullish on Bowser. Yeah, I would not. Um, I would not be surprised. I think, I think top um, 100 for sure. And the weird Lan- part Lance is your line was another guy who was like huge onto him. I think. It. Lance yeah. says all my guys. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, I know Bowser was, like, not one of the first-round invites for the Senior Bowl, which I was shocked about. Huh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to go top 100 for sure now, um, if he tests well. You mentioned uh, Devontae Fields. What's the deal? Why? Like, how was he not at 
either the Shrine game or the Senior Bowl. I don't know. As a guy, like a big name guy who's been and productive. He, he didn't even drop out, right? It wasn't like the guys he declined. No, I don't think, I don't think he got invited. I, I mean, Phil, invited. I know, is like a super big stickler for like, if he doesn't like a guy, like I'm not invited. Well, there's like a list of like guys. Like it sounded like Phil basically dropped a list of like who's not here because of injury and who's Yeah, no, he wasn't invited probably. Yeah, he was Phil doesn't. Like if he doesn't like a guy, he just won't invite him straight Yeah. I just thought so. that was curious because he's he's a guy that's been in the spotlight for I mean it feels like a decade now. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, for like a legitimate, a legitimate and, uh, decade. I mean Louisville and TCU have been productive at both. I thought I, I thought he would be here. What are your thoughts on him? Uh, he We're drops on fourth I'm asking. Yeah, he have. he drops he drops on a coverage a bunch, so it's hard to tell yeah. for this year. But last year, like there were certain games, like the bowl game last year. I think it was against Texas. A&M. Texas. A&M. Yeah, Texas A and M. Uh, he he dominated. Um, so like he's a guy. I mean, when he wants to be good, right? And they like let him loose. He's good, yeah. but like I mean, you hear things, you hear things about him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's kind of that's kind Your of an sources, issue. Yeah. yeah, I guess sauces. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I guess I mean I talked to people about him and it was like, Senior Bowl didn't invite him and Shrine Game didn't think that he was gonna be available, so kind yeah. of left out in limbo. The, the thing I compared it to was like the Tom Savage situation. Remember Tom Savage? Yeah. How he didn't get invited to the Senior well, Bowl and then he turned down the Shrine and Jimmy Garoppolo got the spot at the Senior Bowl, so yeah. he fucked himself out of well, that. Well, that's. I mean, that's because like Tom Savage and I forget who was last year. One of the quarterbacks like did the NFL PA Bowl instead of the Shrine Game, which is just idiotic. Yeah. That's just like bad agents forever. But the field thing, I don't know. I mean, the way what, what I want to hear about fields is what his arm length and hand size is gonna be. Because I know I have the numbers from national this year, and they weren't that impressive. And if you're a, a under, you know, under six three edge rusher who's like around two fifty, and you have small hands, yeah, and you have characters as well, I mean that's another yeah. checkbox going to be an issue. So yeah. I don't know where he ends up. I don't know why he's in the Shrine game. I don't know if that's why he didn't get invited. I can kind of ask around this week sometime. But yeah, I totally forgot about him to be honest. I forgot yeah. he's a thing. Yeah, it's very weird. Him and the two guys who I was super surprised that weren't here were him. And then uh, Demarcus Walker, because I can't believe Demarcus Walker is calling he, his own he shots. Turn it down? Yeah, he turned it down. I can't believe he's calling his own shots. You like him? Like, De- no, Demarcus Walker no. should be at this fucking not, game. I don't think he's good at all. Like he's he's a snap jumping defensive tackle. If you watch the Mississippi he's game, the Mississippi yeah. game is the game that everyone talks about because he was able to jump that jump the snap and get a couple like splash plays. But if you watch that, like fucking Evan, how much did Evan Ingram like? He was like two. 230 something. Evan Ingram as like a wing player was driving him off the ball like yeah. five yards past the line of scrimmage as 230 pounds. So everyone's talking about him. He's like, well, he's not good enough to rush the passer as a defensive end. Well, he's not. You, you can't hang him in at D tackle. Yeah. Like his ass is gonna like he's yeah. 15 yards off the ball. Like you play him D tackle. Yeah. In the he's got you gotta add 20 pounds to play a, a capable three. Yeah. Technique. So like he's not the, long to play a five technique either. I don't think he's anything in the NFL. No. Like literally like. He's a specialist, but, like, to the point where he can't be in your too deep. Like, there can't be a situation where, like, he has to play a heavy rotation. It's yeah. literally he can only come into the game if he's a pass rushing totally three. Like, yeah. And then at that point, it's like, that's some guy that you invite to camp, and you're like, if the roster shakes out, then the roster shakes out. Like, that's yeah. not a second-round pick or first-round pick. Like, there's still no. people talking about him as, like, first-round pick type hype. And I mean, I'm like, we see guys like that, big school, big production. Yeah. He's, he's going to get taken in the top two rounds probably. Yep. No. You don't think so? No. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. No, I mean, no. at least I mean, the media is talking about like that. Yeah, I mean, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Dodd just went, like, pick 35. <laughs> Kevin Dodd just went. It's like, it's like the same type of thing for me. True. Well, uh, speaking of big hype, big player, Zach Banner. Did you watch the O-line D-line today? Yeah, yeah, so. I think he sucks. He's not good. Also, we, we interviewed uh, Stevie, we, Stevie, Stevie, Stevie T from USC, and we were talking about him coming on the podcast, like, at some point, and he was like, oh, y'all want Banner? Oh, like, y'all want Banner? We're no, like, no, we, we, we want you. We want you. You got the funny name. Yeah. Like, and you're like, you're, you're fat and stuff. It's like, you have cool hair. Yeah, you cool. Um, but like, 
Ben, like, the fact that he's like, yo, Banner's like a class above me is like... I don't know. Tony Pauline talked about him potentially coming out as like a Richard sophomore. Yeah. Like, two, two, three years ago. And like, Zach Banner's not any fucking good. Yeah, I mean... From what I was told this past offseason too, and it kind of showed up here talking with him a little bit at the media day. I mean, he's just like, he's in his head. He's a top ten pick since redshirt sophomore year. Whether it's Paul or whatever else, but he's been like, he hasn't improved at all since then. No. Um, and I was told this this past summer that a couple of agents were recruiting him, and they went up there, and he's getting beat by like freshmen at USC, and they're like, "What the fuck are we doing here?" He's um, slow. So he's 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 now. I mean, to be a tall off, it was he six seven, six eight now. Six, he's eight. big. I mean, to be a tall offensive tackle, you got to be like. Really technically sound because if you're technically sound like King Dunlap is at this point in his career, like you can dominate anybody just on accident by being tall. Like because he's not gonna be that fluid. He can't bend down. He can't handle speed rushers. Anybody that counters him inside, he's totally fucked. Yeah. And he's just been, from what I've been told, like arrogant the whole process. Like the coaches staff's not listening or helping him at all. He doesn't want to help them. He's like, I'm good. I am who I am. I'll be in the NFL next year. And he's been done since this past year. And I know his teammate Chad Wheeler had his own issues off yeah. the field, um, but. Like, Banner's a guy that, like, there's no reason he's going to be a top ten pick, and he's not a top five offensive tackle here, probably. No. I mean, that's a hot take, but he's, like... No, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think, think that's a hot take. I think hat. anyone who's watched USC football yeah. in, like, the past three years is, yeah. like... But there's been so much good. the last, like, eight months by him off the field about, like, Aiden just being, like, I don't even care. Like, I think he still has a big agency because he's still USC left tackle, but, yeah. or right tackle. But, like, yeah, scouts are kind of over him. Um, I don't know where he ends up. I think because the USC pedigree, three-year starter, he'll get he'll probably be a top hundred yeah. pick. But like, I mean, his dad being a Hall of Famer too. Yeah, I mean, and, and on average too, it's important to keep. Though I'm a big fan of draft trends too, and can keep that stuff in mind too. So like every year, nine or ten offensive tackles go top one hundred picks. So yeah. you got to pick your ten. And that's why it's weird this year because the offensive tackle class blows. Yeah. Like you got to pick your nine because yeah. they're not. It may be eight, but like eight are going to go top one hundred. Yeah. Whether they deserve to or not, they're going to go top one hundred. That's why this Bucknell kid might go top one hundred. You know, I know you guys. Is, is he any good right now? You guys don't like him already, based on like. <laughs> I, nah, I, I don't know he's what good. his name is. So. He's, good. he's good. Julian Davenport. He's yeah. good. Oh, Davenport. Yeah, but yeah. I know, yeah, uh, yeah. Our, our friend Emery. He's a, he's a big fan of him. Yeah, Emery loves small school. Yeah, guys. he loves small school. Emery told me, "Chill, listen, man." Emery told me, "Chill on the small school guys." All right, I know they're all great, but come on, man. Let's it's it's draft season now. It's draft season now. We gotta be realistic here. Yeah. So wait, hold up. Actually, staying on kind of smaller school offensive tackles. Love it. What do you guys think of uh, Taylor Moten? I like him. I mean, you know, I small like school, him. man. That's why it's Mac. Okay, that's not Power Five. I don't want people I don't, who watch only small schools get disrespected. Look, honestly, people, honestly, this year I, I didn't people? go out of my way to not watch Power Five football, like non Power Five football. So yeah. he's I, I watch. Game. I watch. I literally started. I watched. Uh, I was starting to watch Corey Davis because I'm a Packers fan and we need a fucking receiver. Yeah. So I started watching him and like two plays in, I was like, "Who's that right tackle?" Because yeah. he can he can glide. Yeah, and we. I started watching him and. I, mean, I don't know, man. I'm a pretty big fan of him. Like people yeah. listen to him as, as a guard. I was gonna give him a shot at tackle. Like yeah. I'm surprised. That, he, I guess I think it's before. I'm surprised he mentioned where he was. I thought he'd be a sub six five guy and yeah. be a guy kick inside. But no, he was like what six five two six five two and yep. something else like in three hundred plus pounds. Like I don't see why not. He was certainly impressive at right tackle. I think he could probably play like left in a pinch. And I don't Dude, see why not. He's a freak. He's gonna kill the combo. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's very he's very yeah. athletic. Yeah. And the biggest thing to keep him on a tackle too is that you know not for every scheme, but he's been. Protects inside shoulder so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shit, right tackle which is super important. If you can trust a guy to protect your inside shoulder, you can have a tight end chip block there for speed rushes and be fine. So yeah. I think as far as a right tackle, he'll be just fine in the NFL. And I, I think we're kind of seeing that right tackles are just as important as left tackles now in the NFL. Because yeah. when you look at teams like Kansas City, Houston's on the left side. J.J. Watt plays on the left side. Von Miller, Vic Beasley, they're all on 
Yeah. The left side of the uh, offensive line or the defensive line. So. And I usually ask these guys too, like, do they feel comfortable playing both sides? Because like that's what the weird part is. People ignored that. Like these guys aren't comfortable doing it. Exactly. Like, like start, guys start, start, start over. Start doing shit with your left hand, and you'll start seeing like yeah. how how like yeah, that's, that's really that's, how, that's, that's really difference. how it is though. Like, yeah. It's not like it perfect. It's not like brushing your teeth because it's impossible. With your opposite right. hand, but like it's fucking hard. Yeah. yeah kick slide. I would get especially the protecting inside leg when you're kick sliding. Yeah. Like if you're sliding right all the thing. time, you can kind of like get gap step here and, and buck a step. But if you're on the left side now, it's completely opposite. It's fucking hard. Yeah, yeah and I, that's why I don't get when people say, if you can play left, you can play right. I'm like, no. It, it, I mean, really, I think really they can. can. <laughs> I mean, but it, I think they can because, like you said, it's a very similar position. Right? Yeah. It's, not like, like, it's not like that much just, harder left. You right. need reps at it, though. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, reps. yeah you, can, you can play both. I mean, you should play both yeah. or are able to play both. Because yeah. at least defensive ends, like, you're in a rotation or you're mm-hmm. playing, like, field and boundary or something like that, right? Yeah. Where you get you get reps at both sides. And you get reps at inside. Like, now, like yeah. nowadays, everyone's everyone's a Michael Bennett type. You yeah. know what I mean? Where, like, left tackle, right tackle. Y'all aren't really moving unless you're playing like quick ta- like a quick tackle scheme like Petrino and like all that, right? right. So that that's pretty much that. So quick non senior bowl guy, um, but a defensive lineman I know you guys have talked about before, Malik McDowell. Love him. Yeah, give me your thoughts on him first before I. Chime okay. In. Okay. Well. <laughs> wow. Yeah. A little technical difficulty. We dropped the drinks. But uh, I really like I like McDowell because when you watch that Michigan State defensive line, none of them are really. Well coached and like knowing what the hell they're doing, and it, it looks like Narduzzi left. Yeah, it looks exactly, <laughs> that's what it looks like. And the, the thing with like when I watch defensive linemen, I'm really big on guys who can like read the block and know where the hell the play is going. So like Malik McDowell, Jaleel Johnson, Caleb Brantley, like those are all kind of guys that are really good at it. So Malik McDowell, like he'll see where the play is going, but he doesn't always get use like the most efficient movements. Mm-hmm. To get to where he needs to go, and uh, I, I think like when you see him win at like five, seven, one, three nose, at and, nose where at, he's bull rushing Michigan center, yeah, like putting and, him in his lap, and he's not, and and he doesn't even have like the right te- technique yet. Like that's yeah, that seems like someone you can kind of mold up and figure it out with him. What are your thoughts? Pretty much the same thing. I'm not, I'm not as it seems like people are down, way down on him recently. Like, like, who is that on him? Like, like you look at mock drafts and he's like not in first rounds, and he used to be like, like top major draft pick. guys. I think yeah. if you just look at the tape, I think that's a, a clear first round. I think, okay. I think, yeah, I think from an athletic standpoint, he's yeah, a first round pick, right? Yeah, probably. But so the reason I bring that up is that I don't know if I, if you guys know the Cole Connor Cook thing from last year that I had to deal with with long, long team, story team captain. No, all that shit. long story short, like I wrote a quick article. Well, I'll say the story quick, but I, I did an article after the Brian Hoyer it was with the Texans last year. Threw an interception on Thursday Night Football against the Colts. Talked to my sport news editor. She's like, hey, you know, I have an article on the Texans quarterback looks for next year with Bill O'Brien, the Hackenberg, Connor Cook thing. Sure. And I have one little paragraph in there I talked about Connor Cook and how his coaches weren't giving him good rep- or, uh, reviews to NFL teams and that he had issues with his teammates and there's some serious off-the-field issues. Pretty harmless paragraph. Right. Well, the assistant athletic director emails me within an hour of being up, and then Donna Cook emails me. Like twenty minutes later, that's mom. That's mom. She ride or die later. though. She shouts uh, to Donna. She saw the article. She told everyone at Michigan State, all the coaches. So I think I'm banished from Michigan State. Well, like Connor Cook's dad's like a crazy person, right? Yeah. Well, his mom's worse. So oh, his mom. Right. I talked to his mom. I gave his mom the call, and she threatened me with slander, and and she said that I was gonna, you know, do I have kids? I was like, unfortunately, no, I don't. I can't relate to this. I'm sorry. Um, and she would text me every week um, between then and about mid March when it started coming out that he was gonna be a terrible draft pick. Um, that you know, I was wrong and I was an asshole. And she, I did, she, she texted you the week of the Alabama game. 
No, yeah. Oh, every week. <laughs> different articles saying, like, whatever else. I said, and I, I said, like, what are your, you know, what have you guys heard about his character from NFL teams? And she was like, well, you know, he won the leadership award. I'm like, that's not what I asked the question. But regardless, um, so I took the same guy. I know Michigan did get a lot of that stuff, too. And he actually called me about McDowell, because I think I put McDowell, like, seventh in a mock draft. He's like, we got to talk about this. So I'm, I, have, I have my notes up here, my phone. Um, first off, as soon as he got to Michigan State, um, caused nothing but trouble to teammates, coaches. Um, this past year, routinely cussed out teammates and coaches on the field in the practice field. Routinely went rover on the field and ignored play calls for almost whole games. Um, <laughs> his family, um, firmly disliked by most families that are at Michigan State. Um, cancer called by multiple people. I talked to one um, NFL decision maker, who is a good coach, said I would pay his signing bonus if he was drafted by any team in my division. And he left the team three weeks before the season was over with an injury. It was fine. He just left the team. Oh, really? So that's why he's not going to first round of mock drafts. He's Well, that's a game changer. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that stuff for later, but I'll probably add more of that to it for the – I'll do like the state he's, of the draft. He's a, Ro- he's a Rosenhaus kid too, I think. Oh, that makes perfect he's a, sense. He's a Rosenhaus kid. I saw um, – because I was doing an article on like – Guys who came out that like no one really talked about. I did uh, Al Qaeda Muhammad, the pass rusher out of Miami, who like he like he basically used like a car rental service and then didn't get to play his junior year and then just fucking he was like fucking I'm just gonna declare. Um, and I was going through he it was announced on like the Instagram page of like Rosenhaus, so I like went on it and looked through it and like I clicked over like one picture on like his Instagram and it's just Malik McDowell with like. Fifteen different like chains with like the number four on. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, this is the most rose. So like you you hit me up I think a couple weeks ago and you're like, yo, when we finally do this pod, I got like some stuff on this. And I was like, I mean that doesn't surprise yeah, me. I'll, 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 I'll you say Rosenhaus uh, Rosenhaus character yeah. issues, and I'm like, that's that's Cinderella finding her slipper. And I'll probably have more after this week's over with about more kind of fleshing the story out. But long story short, like he's yeah. as big of a character right fly guy as you want. I and mean, like I, I brought up like Sheldon Richardson talking to. Someone league about him, and it's like Richardson had his issues, but like he was mostly just like an odd kid and and some off the field issues. But this kid is like next level. Yeah. So well, they're like you. Can, but that being said, I bet he still. Go, I mean, yeah. what's his name went last year? Uh, Nadiche went last year. Like played like eighty snaps this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I have to grade him every week for Bleacher Report one thousand. Plug plug plug. Bleacher Report one thousand. I agree either. Yeah, you should read it. Bleach Report, go subscribe to that. Get the app, because that's all people talk about when I tell them that yeah. I work for. Uh, I, I did NFC 3-4 defensive ends, and it's like I graded like two games for Kandichi because he like that's didn't it. have more than like 10 snaps. He yeah. wasn't active all season. He was, he was wow. healthy and active like a bunch. Because, like, well, Arians came out and said. Uh, <laughs> he was like, yeah, when he stops being a pr- like he like straight up was like, yo, when he stops being like a dickhead, like he'll start getting well, What happened? No, Arians said, uh, he, he came out and said, he said, when we think we can put him on the field without him being a liability to give a uh, give up a big play, we'll play him. Like he just Jesus. Straight, straight out said that. And I can miss Arians when he retires next year. And then uh, yeah. he, he was just you, like, guys, oh. you guys can keep in touch, right? Yeah, you and Arians. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So he, yeah, he was just inactive like the entire season. I, I thought he was like okay when he played. I think he was alright. Yeah. I thought he, I mean you could t- clearly tell he was explosive. Yeah, but I mean yeah. I just I guess Arians didn't fuck with him. Oh, the Senior Bowl guys. How do you think OJ Howard goes in the draft? I don't. I mean, I saw. So I was watching Lyman most of the time, right? Look, <laughs> like Chuck doesn't get it. Like, so OJ Howard five times a game will just fucking deplete someone, right? Yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. And yeah. then like every single big game, OJ Howard comes through 
And like he'll just like have like a couple receptions where it just changes everything. Today, I don't get it, man. Get it, man. I'm OJ Howard Hive. You guys do not understand. I just saw Jared Cook Dude. try to catch passes off of his fucking face mask. <laughs> Listen, all right. How many is big he game? Beat for the Packers? Like, no. He's Everyone says but, him but, and, but why? and, and Juco or think whatever. Howard, Howard's gonna be like this year's ultimate. Him and probably Ruben Foster from Alabama as well as like in the top fifteen. If you miss on your guy. Fuck it, let's just take OJ Howard. Because yeah. like character wise, he's perfect character, like locker room leader. Yeah. Like everyone respects him in that locker room, just like Foster or Sue. Probably two of the best leaders the Saban's probably ever had there in Alabama, in terms of like actually being true guys that'll like, you know, be politicians or coaches one day. Um but he's gonna test really well. Um I believe that. And, you know, obviously Alabama has that background, has the explosive blocks and shit that he can do. He can yeah. be a full blocker. He was an inline blocker all year. Yep. And he's obviously a good receiver because he showed that in blocked what, for a high, places. Blocked for years. a Heisman winner, went to a national yeah, championship, I mean, and blew I, up. I like, mean, the, the weird thing is the production, never catching passes. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't get I, it. I don't get it. But I don't want to hold it against them. But I don't get it. Hopefully that kind of comes out more. Hopefully he does more stuff this week. At this I mean, he, had, he had Jalen Hurts passing to him, so it was like, you can't I, I know, but how many, okay. Yeah, but after four, three. In four, four years, <laughs> how, many, how many big games did he have? Like two or three? It's Clemson. How many it's a Clemson game. Though? It's literally uh, the Clemson game. I don't know. Have, I, I can look yeah. that up real quick. Yeah. He doesn't have that much, but like you watch him down here, and he's making like one like, I feel like I just like a effortless. Carolina had more receptions like in one game this year than he had. That's a fake name. That's a fake name that you just uh, Isaiah Jones from South Carolina? I mean, no, East Carolina. East, East Carolina. Carolina. He's Isaiah a glorified Jones. running back. He got like a thousand Come catches. Come on, man. For it's a work yards. week. Man. <laughs> man, you should have seen. Zay Jones? We, yeah. yeah oh, Zay. No, uh, I know. Just call him by Zay, though. <laughs> call him by Zay. Y'all are, tri- y'all, y'all are tricking me right now. Let's it's see. a work week. So, uh, <laughs> in 20, 2013, OJ Howard had 14 catches. 2014, he had 17 catches. 2015, he had 38 catches. And this year, he had 45 catches. 45 catches this year? Yeah, for three touchdowns. Yeah. But, okay, but I, people are calling this guy, like, the GOAT. And, like, the, the GOAT tight end prospect. And I, I don't get it. Yeah, I think he is, though. Well, like, people are talking I, about I, that I, Miami I think, guy as, like, a top ten guy. I like, think he's talented. For, I think O.J. Howard's talented for, sure, for sure. But, like, how often do you see guys that aren't productive in college, like, go on and just be superstars in the NFL? Clay Matthews. Yeah, I can't think of one top of my head. Yeah, but. once the road stopped, though. He was yeah. done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, true. He's, yeah, he's not good anymore. Is that, is that even like arguing anymore that he was on Royce in college? No. no, no like him cushing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> and more that didn't work out, but I don't know. But as far as uh, Howard, I just think teams are going to buy in no matter I mean, whether the trends say like he's going to buck that trend. He's a leader, Alabama, blocking tight end, awesome receiver, going to test to the roof. Like, I don't know how high. Like, I don't want to say Vernon Davis high, but like it might get to that out of control where like he's floating out as a top 10 pick. Damn, all. I know. See, I that's that's too much for like me. Yeah. Like, I think he's like, just from an athletic I don't think standpoint, you have to no, like he's a first not. round pick. But, but like, like I mean, that's, I mean, it's kind of. I mean, a lot of guys are like that every year. Like Zach Martin was that for a lot of teams when he came out. Different position, obviously, but like in the late teens and early twenties, yeah. you know, I was like, if we miss in our guy, we'll say Zach Martin. Well, I think and every year it has like two. Or Dal- three Dallas wanted like, crap. Was that the Ryan Shazier year? Yeah, that was a year. I can't remember if he went for him. He went right before him? 11, yeah, 12, yeah, yeah. 12, I, th- I think they, they wanted Shazier. It was either Shazier and Martin or Martin Shazier, and it was like it yeah. planned out that way. Yeah. Um, Which receiver has a better NFL career than the Patriots, Ryan Switzer or Trent Taylor? Trent Taylor. Bel- Belichick is not taking a dude with that heavy of an accent. Did you Have you heard Ryan Switzer speak? No. So, so. I mean, it, it sounds like, like to use the, the quote from The Office, Sounds like he has Good. molasses dripping out of his mouth. <laughs> Derek, 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 Derek was talking. We were wa- we were watching team, and he was like, "Yo, did you hear that?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" Like, "Yo, Switzer got this wild Southern accent." I was like, "What do you mean?" He's it's like, crazy. "One of the coaches went up to him and was like, 'Yo, you went too wide.'" And he's like, "What?" 
What? Went too wide? I was like, yo. Like, oh, man. Oh, that sucks. I'll take Taylor then. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I have, I have no idea. It's um, they're both like so they're both actually training together too. Oh, really? Funnier, but they're both like sub seventy inch arms. Yeah. Like five. Everyone's everyone seems to love Taylor. I I haven't seen I enough know. to. Yeah, speak he's. Of I mean, he's super explosive. He kind of fits that more like slot guy more than just being a white slot guy. He's yeah. actually like super compact. Um, adjusts his speed really well after catch, before catch. Like sets up his route with speed. Um, transitions more than anything else. It looked like. At least in the what was it the first practice Zay Zay Jones looked like the best receiver out uh, of the bunch. Come on, I didn't watch receivers today. I don't know. We were hanging. I mean, Did you guys watch receivers. Yeah, we were we were we were we were trenches. I mean, real we were, football yeah. players. We yeah. were posted up at the fifty yard line, yeah. talking to like a gang you guys of people. Whatever receivers on the setting the edge podcast. Of course not. That's, All right. That's fine. I mean, Zay Jones, he's not a real player. Yeah, dude. He, I think his yards per catch this year was like eight yards no he's, no, he's not good yeah no. it was absurd this year I haven't watched him all this year but like watch like his like 20 reception game this year it's ridiculous it's like the screens or that guy screens. at like the D3 level in basketball who had like 100 points in a game oh yeah like, it's, same like, fucking, it's like, like I'm like literally just trying to break thing. the record yeah, exactly same exact situation as Zay Jones your boy yeah Zay. but uh he's a glorified running back yeah do you guys hey watch, man he gets voted into the pro or do you guys probably. watch quarterbacks every at all yeah, we, uh, I saw on team. Who's the worst one you saw? Fucking, so Davis Webb is pulling balls on the RPO, and he, him and his receivers aren't on the same page, yeah. at least. Like, I don't know if he's the worst one, but him and his receivers clearly are not on the same fucking they're page. All, I mean, they're all bad. This, this is a weak quarterback. Oh, it's horrible. horrible. Derek, Derek Clausen, our homeboy, QB Kloss, was like, uh, we were watching uh, Pipkin yesterday in the hotel. He, he's in a room over right now. And we were watching him, and he was just like, "Fuck this." He's terrible. And I didn't, I didn't realize. So like, I, I hadn't watched. Like Derek was watching him, and I was watching like uh, Keonta Davis or whatever the Chattanooga. He's and bad. he's fucking he's bad. He's whatever, he's man. Bad. He's bad. He had a side against Cam Robinson. Yeah, but oh, I okay. watched, okay. I watched that okay. game. Okay. He's getting well, bodied. Well, see, I think the problem is First you're quarter. you're assuming that we've watched. Tennessee Chattanooga new game before we got here. Well, I know who so, loves them. Emery loves them. That was the one game that is. <laughs> Emery's a big fan. Yeah, so so uh, I had I hadn't seen Pipkin, uh, who's from like he's from like Tiffin, Tiffin right? Yeah. He's from Tiffin yeah. D two school, and we went out. Or they, the quarterbacks went out like the first practice, and I thought I thought he was a receiver because they had Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly was throwing in like a jersey, right? Yeah. And I thought they brought over like a receiver or something. To like come play catch with this guy, yeah. and I'm like, that's the fucking quarterback. Dude, and I was like, oh god, this is not gonna go well. Like, I unfortunately watched Tiffin this year too, and I was just like baffled when he got the invite. Like he's yeah. not even. There's a kid from like Grambling who's like actually good. At the the receiver? Upside, no, the quarterback. Oh, the quarterback. But he's not here. But like he's like an actually good, like intriguing, like not really an NFL guy. But I'd rather see him out here. But this, yeah. You know, I don't get like how can Pipkin get an invite, but a guy like he's training with George Whitfield, dude. Okay. Is that, that's is that all, really that's it? All it is. That's that's all all it is. Like, they wanted to have four quarterbacks. They wanted to have Peterman, Bethard, Dobbs, and Webb. That's the only four guys they wanted. They honestly didn't want to take anybody else. Why not PJ Walker from the Temple? No. They got suckered into Cepho Lufau. Because um, of the story, the little backstory. I think they just. I, I was told like a West Coast guy was just like, hey, like he's good. We want to see him there. Yeah. Like, all right, fine. And then he has six guy, and George Whitfield comes swooping in. I got a guy, and he sucks. He sucked in college. He's toolsy. He's out there today to, for the first practice. He's thinking way too much. He's laying on everything. His mechanics are like. Weirdly, all right, but everything else is out of sync. Like he's just obviously overthinking everything, and he sucks. But go, PJ Walker, talk. Go ahead. No, I'm saying okay. <laughs> I think PJ Walker could be the best senior quarterback this year. I mean, and that's like saying that's the tallest midget. <laughs> yeah, very much so. But uh, 
I just don't get how a guy who starts for four years at Temple and like they improve every year, how does he not like get at least to the Shrine game? You know, that's kind of Shrine weird. game's weird. I mean, Shrine game is a different story. I don't want to say that at all on a podcast about why they're a mess, but like their process is not not my favorite. Process little 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 birdies are saying that like uh, Phil Savage wants control of both the Senior Bowl and the Shrine game, so he can kind of fucking control. The he kind of wants to get that litter. Come hey, on, if, if you we get that, say it on the podcast. Us. Say it. Say yeah. it. <laughs> I want to control this shit. I want. Well, I mean, that's what the All Star game were the Dream Bowl and HBC were building for. And, and you know, side note for uh, my resume, picking the All Star game there is it's uh, a it's a lot of fun All Star games. I mean, certainly being a tier three All Star game is like not nearly as fun because we have to like recruit guys almost a little bit too. But like, all-star game shit is fun. That's the most fun I think we've done all year. And, and watching these small school guys picking who we want, saying no to guys, saying yes to guys. Shrine games process, the NFL PA games process isn't good either. Um, then there's all their all-star games that aren't worth it. It seems like the NFL PA games, like, dude, I don't even. Like, they had one top 100 pick, and it was that kid from Southern Miss who went to Green Bay that, like, D-tackle. Yeah. Who, like, was a superstar recruit and just, like, didn't have his shit together. Yeah. And then he was off the team in, like, two I don't know. Years. Their, their you know process, I mean? not like I have a great process, but, like, you know, I think the fact that my background is coming from, I don't work with agents, but, like, doing the NFL draft stuff. Right. Like, by design, we've always been, like, over-comprehensive in our stuff. And you have to kind of work, like, backwards from there. And how these other All-Star games, not Phil does it, is that they kind of work, like, here's the guys we want – and like after that's like all right, who else can we add? Who's pretty good? And I think when you when you start getting recommendations like early in the process, you you should you're fucked. If you're the Shrine game, you shouldn't be evaluating first round picks types. Situation. No, but yeah. it's, it's more that's more like you should have you should have a list a, a 500 person database that you want to invite to the game. Right. If whatever happens, and have that tier breakdown. And you know I can talk about the whole thing because I've actually talked about this opportunity. But like it's it's aggravating that the second most important game where 40, 50 guys get drafted every year is not that efficiently run. And the NFLPA game, same thing. I mean, how the NFLPA game is out in California makes no fucking sense because NFL teams have to go from bowl games, home for a minute, fly to L.A., and then back to Look, Mobile. I, I mean, that makes no sense. Yeah. I, f- I flew in from Portland. No I flew in from Portland. I can tell you that's like... With like a layout, like it's hard to find anything that's like less than 12 hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what's like, absurd, too, is that the NFLPA game... They stay at this like ridiculous resort that NFL teams can't even afford. NFL teams don't stay at the team hotel in the NFL PA Bowl because the, the rooms are like four hundred bucks a night. Jeez, that's insane. like just like that just makes to, no to pl- sense to go to a practice in fucking Carson. Yeah, and the media wise, they're, <laughs> hor- they're horrible with the media too. They don't let media on the field. It's a total opposite of the Senior Bowl. So long story short, I wish there was the, the Shrine Game was run like the Senior Bowl is. Although I will say that since Phil's been here, I think he got here what twenty twelve something like that. They've never had 10 draft picks in a year since he got here. I think it's more because of the juniors declaring, not necessarily on Phil, but yeah. All-Star Game Circuit's pretty weird. Yeah. So I was, I'm trying to think of who who kind of surprises. So, like, uh, I watched Tenzel Smart, the kid from uh, Tulane, yeah, right? He's nice. He, I didn't love him on film, but I only watched one game, and I kind of wrote him off after what that. Nah, you can't watch he one game. <laughs> Dude, I can't when he's Tenzel Smart, yeah, he, and uh, he's going to be, like, a baby a top 200 pick. Yeah. So, like, I watched him. I'm just trying to get a baseline on guys, right? It's January, man. It's yeah, January. It's, it's work week. Well, it's January. <laughs> so, see, see, what happened with, with Smart, I, I wasn't – I watched a few games – of Tulane, unfortunately, and I wasn't like a big fan of him. But today, I thought he and uh, Larry Ogunjobi from Charlotte—they kind of had the like the good pronunciation too. I know I, I practice that. I do practice that. But uh, they kind of like the same days in different practices where, uh, like Smart in the first practice, they like the, that defensive line was getting dominated by the South offensive line yeah, when yeah. they went to the team run drills. 
But I... They're just reaching everything. Every, like, you, you couldn't see a fucking defensive tackle beat a reach block yeah, that entire they, fucking day. Reach, pancake, like, it, it was bad. But once it gets to the one-on-one drills, I think that's where you kind of saw Ogunjobi and Smart kind of shine a little bit. Yeah. So I, I think they're guys who are... They're never going to be, like, run-stoppers, but they're going to be... Uh, you know, like you can put them in your nickel package on third and long. And oh, yeah. It's funny, like we, we talked about Demarcus Walker a little bit earlier, and like that's kind of where he's fitting in that mold. Right, but we so, talk about him totally we, we different. Talk about him different. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I, I'd be cool with burning a day three pick on Ugin Joby or Smart, just yeah. see if I can get some pass rush out. I mean, why isn't Tanzel Smart like Karan Reed part part two again? I mean, I think like Smart the most because I'm at Charlotte. I mean, granted, his stuff isn't perfect, but. Like when he wins, he wins and gets to the backfield and yeah. gets pressures. It blows up an entire. So when you're play. when you're when you're a pass rush, that's the most important thing to do. And then Ogan Joby, I think, is a lot more patient. And I like yeah. him a lot as far as like a complete DN. I, I defensive tackle. I think he can really be like if he touched for a little, maybe a fringe top hundred pick, um, just because I think he can be a starter. Whereas I think Smart, I mean sub six one guy is always gonna be tough to be yeah. a rotational guy. I mean, everyone loves Grady Jarrett. I don't think he's Grady Jarrett explosive, but maybe Grady Jarrett light as a prospect. But I think Ogan Joby can be on those two guys. I think has a better chance to be a starter in the NFL. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, another another guy who <laughs> who uh, who is, who I've seen gotten praise on Twitter today: Tony Pauline, Matt Miller, uh, Mike Mayock. They praised Montrevious Adams today from Auburn. They they all, uh, they, they, they all thought oh. they, they all thought he had a good day at practice, and I know I thought he was. Actually, pretty terrible today. I, yeah. yeah, I think in a vacuum, me and Chuck sitting next to each other, being like, "What the? Whose fucking man's is this?" Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was. He was awful. Because I mean, when you think about this, like this is your first interview for your dream job. Right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> and we, we were watching him on the bag drills. Uh, and he was lowest lowest effort, lowest of effort anyone there. Ever, like, of anyone there. You were in front of a guy who could potentially draft you, Antona, and Tona. Not lowest effort. Tona had the second like worst punch, but like Montrevis, like he's dogging it through the bag drills, and it's like, what the fuck yeah, are you? Come on, like, you this got millions. That, that job interview thing is huge, though. You got and guys dollars. forget like this, and that's why I love the Senior Bowl as far as like an evaluation sense. I don't put like, I know Josh said before about like the whole like percentage thing. You can't like, there's no percentage put on this, but I put a lot of value. Like I'll go through all these guys here and have notes what we did for the week, right? Because I think it's super telling of what this guy is, and it's a job interview. You saw Carson Wentz running back and forth every single time yeah. that we had anything, and it's like, oh, offense on the other side of the field, well, and he's leading cheesy it. Derek you know Carr thing, saying that's a practice. I mean, that with whatever with cheesy or not, stuff, like, it's like, a job interview. It's literally, and mm-hmm. it's a 144 hour job interview. You're here the whole time. Right. I know scouts ask about like, hey, how are these guys treating the media, how are these guys treating yep. staff. I mean. I mean all that shit matters. Like people you, you, don't people don't understand. Like when scouts go into schools, it's not that like they'll talk to the coaches and things like that. But they're like, "Yo, I need to talk to like the receptionist." Yeah. And like, I need to like, I need yeah. to figure Good out who this dude that. is. Yeah yeah. 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 I mean, even Dak Prescott uh, yesterday he tweeted out, "Senior Bowl is this week. Don't take a meeting, practice rep, or even walking through the lobby lightly. You're being evaluated." And I mean, to see Adams just kind of, like, dog through the drills, and when he got to the team run drills, uh, I mean, he was just getting bodied by the interior offensive line. Yeah. I, I, like, I, I don't get how people are saying he had an impressive day. And it sucks day. because he had, the, he had such better effort and played more snaps this year than as a junior. I thought it was a great decision to come back to school. And yeah. I think he helped himself he's a lot. Be, he's better than he was last year, for sure. For sure. But and he I was think, a guy who had, And the effort thing's a big part of it, too. He showed a lot of effort this year that he didn't play a lot of snaps as a, as a junior. He was like he was a guy who was being talked about as like a first round pick when he was a sophomore. Yeah. And it's like he hasn't gotten any like people assume like a trajection that like never happened. You know what I mean? It's more but this like year did. I thought he got better this year. I mean yeah. the, the weird I, mean, I, I still don't think he's good though. 
Like, I mean, not good as in, like, you don't think he's a top 100 pick? I mean, I've seen, I see people still have him as a first-round pick. I, yeah, I think he could be in that area, dude. He's, really? he's a big guy. He could play a nose at a three. See, y'all have, y'all have, have fun with that. See, I think he's kind of, like... Like we, I, have, we have thirty two picks. We have thirty two picks out of these senior bowl kids. I'm not sure he's going I, to the I'm first not, round. Yeah, I don't know that, because so. well, I mean, I mean, at least when I I said before when I watched D line, like I like guys who can kind of go through the process and read the blocks and stuff like that. And he kind of has blinders on, like where if it's if it's yeah. not right in front of him, coming right at him, he's he's just he's not going to make the play. And like that's kind of why I like Julio Johnson because he's reading. You know, back Julio's guards. good. How'd Johnson do today? I mean, he's, he's, he did well. He's perfectly built for this, though. Yeah. Like, it's unfair how much he's going to be yeah. down like, to one well, what happened with It's the same thing with Jordan Willis when people were like, Jordan Willis has really good get-off. And he's it's like, like, no. It's, it's like, look, Jordan Willis, like, when you don't have to bend back toward a quarterback and all you have to do is just burst past an offensive lineman yeah. and they blow a whistle, of course you're going to do well. Yeah, like exactly. That, the stiff, explosive dude is exactly who's supposed yeah. to do well in this. Yeah. That's why Jordan Willis was like a big I, I think I think I'm the leader of Julio Johnson High right yeah. now. Yeah. I think you have DT1, right? Yeah, DT1. DT one. I was not including Jonathan Allen, right? No, I, well, I've been, uh, I've been an edge. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's an edge for me too. Allen? Yeah. What, what he's like Adrian Claiborne, Kerry yeah. Hunter type of like guy. Yeah. I guess you could say the Claiborne thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'd rather play him at five tech or inside. I wouldn't want him. In. I don't yeah. want him at five. Like yeah, you're limiting his explosion at five. I think. I just want him in, inside on the interior. I'm just recapping so? the interior. So, yeah. I, I, I think he's like Claiborne, base uh, outside and nickel, kick him inside of three. I like that one too. There's not even like this D line classes. There's D tackle class. We should say this D tackle class is pretty bad. Like you, if you can go through mock drafts and you'll be like, who are like the interior defensive linemen taken? And it's like half the time it's like Caleb Brantley goes in the second round and that's it. Yeah, that's gross. Like it's for as good as last year's defensive tackle class was here at the Senior Bowl last year. Oh, that's yeah. how it's that's how bad it is this year. It's a huge drop. And it's like the total opposite of edge. Yeah, we got even even the edges haven't done well outside of Hall and like I think Rivers did Rivers did well, but people don't understand that Rivers did well unless they're paying attention to what he's doing. Where like he's beating guys and like he'll get he won't be able to like finish last second because they'll, like, blow the whistle, like, just a second early, but his, like, hands are above his eyes, and, like, he sinks underneath guys. Like, the Youngstown State kid, like, that's a legitimate top 100 pick. Yeah. People were talking about the Villanova guy, and as soon as I watched the Youngstown State no, kid, totally I was like, yeah. he is, he's, like, in a different fucking yeah. league. Which is weird, too, because his teammate at Youngstown State, Avery Moss, he was at had far more right? hype coming into the year. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I think Moss had... Well, like, I think... I think Moss had, like, a preseason national grade of, like, a, a fourth or fifth round pick, and then... Rivers was like a PFA, um, and I totally expected to watch these guys because I watch him. I watched Moss a little bit before because I knew the name. I forgot how I know. I think he transferred somewhere else, but I knew the name a little bit. Moss. Yeah, but, I think someone said. He but Rivers like the first first guy you notice too. I mean, he's nothing special in the run game. I think he's doesn't really wait. He'll for hold. Him. He'll hold his own. Though. He holds the yeah. edge for sure, but he doesn't really bounce off guys. He doesn't really no. like tackle after first contact. But mm-hmm. as an edge rusher, I mean, he gets pressure almost every time he's there, yeah. and he produces. You know, again, the finishing aspect is something he definitely did yeah. this year too, which I love him for. He's he's he. I, I'm kind of surprised about that because I don't. I mean, I didn't look at. Uh, I think I got nationals grades, but like bust them. I got one of them. I can't remember which one, but I don't. I don't remember watching him until like January, right? And I started watching him, and it was like, like night and day between him and the other pass rusher. And yeah. like, I think someone said that he was the school's sack leader, like already, like the school's all-time sack leader coming into the season, basically. Mm-hmm. And like, I watched him against uh, West Virginia because that was like one of the few like. 1A schools that he played. And, like, West Virginia's entire offense is just get the ball out, right? Yeah. And, like, he still was able to make, like, five, six splash plays that was, like, this this dude's a hundred, the top 100 pick. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's no way. And, I, again, back to the Shrine game, like, I was told that, like, they want a Moss 
way yeah. before they wanted Rivers. Just like that process. That's almost. crazy. Because Rivers went, he was committed to the Shrine game, and then he got the invite yeah. to the Senior Bowl and moved up. Yeah. I think it was like after like Taco or like someone like that, like ended up turning it down. What'd well, you see? Oh, Taco. I'm about to say, we're at uh, 50 minutes right now. So, you guys want to <laughs> move on to questions? We have questions? We, we have, have questions. One. We have All right, questions. let's do this. One question. One question. All, right. All right, from uh, Aiden Razor at Razor Sharp with an S, 98. How well did the coaching staff is, coaching staffs coach with the talent they had, and how did the staffs compare to years past? Um, I'm trying to think of staff I like the most. They're I better than like. the Jaguar staff, yeah. I think. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah. the Jaguar staff are the last I, I, mean, I, just, I love like being around Gus Bradley yeah. for ironic purposes and also for like, with, like little pom poms and shit. Yeah, yeah, I feel great myself when I'm watching him. As far as staffs, I can't think of a like a really good staff top of my head that has been here. I mean, the Browns are going to be here for a couple of years. So this will be good practice for them. <laughs> the only way they're going to keep saying yes. So, and he he loves this stuff too. Apparently, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know if the the staff at the Super Bowl loves Hugh Jackson based on how the Browns have been organized so far. But as far as how it's gone, I mean, I don't think it was super efficient the first day. The stretching aspect, they're not going to change that. It's going to be this way the whole week. They're not going to pivot after the first week. Yeah, and that's fucking When these coaches sense. get here, like, they're totally in charge of everything. Right. Interviews, meetings, all that stuff. They can kind of pivot how they want to, and then just everyone wants to be aggravated about it. So it's not going to change. I guess we just get used to it and just plan on, like, you know, 1 or 12.45 to really start practice close to 12.15. Yeah. It's you, fine. I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's fine. There's 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 one on ones. There's seven on sevens. There's pit drills. Right. One more pit drills tomorrow for sure. When they go full pads. I mean, yeah. it'll be fine. You know, yeah. I thought what was interesting was uh, like kind of seeing the. I mean, Justice and I we spend a lot of time watching the defensive line and kind of seeing like Rod Marinelli last year for the Cowboys. Oh, he is awesome. very hands on. Yeah. Very loud. Like he talks a lot. And then uh, Clyde Simmons, the defensive line coach for the Browns, he was. He was pretty quiet today. He was super quiet. That's why... You can't have a quiet D-line coach. Yeah. The that, one look, position. see, like, that's that's the thing is, like, that's what I was hoping Chicago... When, like, I was hoping San Francisco didn't fire Chip Kelly because if, if the San Francisco staff would have come down here instead of Chicago's, like, Jerry Azanero, oh, the dude amazing. in, Pitts, in, oh, so in uh, Philadelphia. Oh, so Chip Kelly down here. I mean, I mean, come on, Dad. <laughs> run like his whole offense here. He's got, I guess. I mean, we were we were watching we were watching team. I can't remember if it was the North or South. First play in team in team reps was a reverse, and I was like, all right, well, like, <laughs> fuck it. Like, what the fuck are they doing here? Yeah. It's like they started off with team reps, and the first play was a reverse, and I was like, all right, we got to ask these kids like how they installed this because they like haven't even stretched yet. And no, I, I actually did before we uh, before we before I got uh, you with uh, Jaleel Johnson today when I was talking to him, I asked him I was like. So do you guys have, like, chalkboard sessions before you got on the field? Because I, I was like, because uh, the Cleveland Browns practice, they were running RPOs to start off the day. He was like, oh, yeah, we had actually a few hours of uh, classroom stuff on Monday yeah, yeah. before they even went out on the field today. I was like, god damn it, man. <laughs> this is intense. <laughs> I think it was. So I remember, I mean, it's, I, just, I mean, again, this is a bit interview, but, like, some of these kids take this, like, really seriously and, like, work their ass off. I forget, and Norris would know this, too. There was a kid, me and Norris, with the XOS room, um, I think like two, three years ago, and we saw like two or three kids in there like watching the film of practice to get better in the right. week. And that was like I forget who they were now, but they all made the NFL. This all made the NFL. Um, after well, you met like, you met about drinks sport? It's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty anti mobile. It's, it's, it's a work week. It's a work week. It's a work week. I'm yawning. Yeah. and you're putting Jack Daniels down, so I'm jealous. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean it's some kids take it much seriously than others. Obviously, the Derek Carter was kind of like for show. Right, you know, still have to practice. Like, right, man. Him, him and yeah. Jordan Matthews, like, look, look at us. Yeah, exactly. But, but a lot of these kids like work really hard, and 
you know, it's a, I mean, I think it's a job interview when some kids get it, some kids don't. So yeah. I'm going to ask you one more question. I know we said one question. We're going to get yeah, two. We got one question um, and questions. <laughs> I mean, we, we, I didn't, we didn't ask. We didn't, we didn't ask the people. We didn't okay. ask the people. I'm sorry. Um, so you were down at East West Shrine Game, right? I was not. I oh, you not. were not. I okay, not. never mind. I, I don't have no a question. question. No, we had Chris Kaufman down there. Um, well, what did he say? As far as what? Anything. Just what? practice? Or Any, what yeah, I mean, anything. Um, so he like tweeted from my account, and he was like tweeting like ridiculous hashtags. Can I? Can account. I have your account? No. <laughs> For like five seconds. <laughs> Might be the last time. She- Schefter follows you, right? He does. Yeah. You can yeah. Him. Is that your coolest follow? Mm-hmm. My coolest follow? Yeah. What's your coolest follow? Yeah, besides you guys, Lee, <laughs> what's, her, what's his name? Lee Lee Steinberg. Steinberg just followed me yesterday. Yeah. I think oh, it's because I wrote about Stein, Pat Mahomes. Oh yeah, you write about one of those guys who'll retweet you for days. Yeah, he just yeah. He, he just followed me yesterday. I think that might be my coolest follow. Cool. Let's get that done. Is him up? You trying to? I mean, Derek said that he got he got he got an invite to his like Super Bowl party down Derek? in Houston. Yeah, yeah, I got that. Yeah, gets easy. Did that for I'm, free. I'm trying. So. Yeah, I'm trying to go. I'm trying. To, I almost, I'll write back my home plane. I almost home. like impulsively went like a I mean, flight to go down there. Hey, look, I know a guy in Houston. My source. Your source? Yeah. Let's go hang out with your source? I know. I, I, was, mean, I thought about it. I had a round trip ticket for like four fifty. I'm like, fuck, I might just do it. But I think I backed out. I wanted to get home anyways. But Well, uh, yeah. I, I think that's going to do it for episode... Yeah, way too long. Sorry, eight? Oh, 55 minutes is actually shorter than we <laughs> usually do. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be episode eight of Setting the Edge podcast. You have... Eric, do you have any uh, state of the draft articles? Yeah, plug, plug your podcast. Yeah, plug right? your podcast. It's not announced yet. I'm not announced yet. Oh, okay, never mind. Never mind. Sorry, there's I'm, no, there's no podcast. That's alternative, <laughs> news, alternative, alternative news. Alternative news. Alternative news. Facts. Alternative uh, news about our traditional yeah. American Eric Eric. Um, no, yeah, state of the draft. I'm gonna have uh, I get the state of the draft article. I'll probably do it once a month, maybe two times a month, starting in March. Kind of all the source stuff. So I'm not like Charlie Campbell of Walter Football, who has a lot of sources of NFL GMs to talk to Name all drop. the time. Um, but I, uh, you know, I, I'll kind of like save a lot of my stuff in season for the first one, and then like every two weeks I'll probably drop something more. So, Link McDowell, that was part of it, but I'll have more on him too. But a lot of cool stuff about who the Buffalo Bills might take with the first overall pick at quarterback. Um, Ooh. Ooh, Brad but, uh, Kaya, shout out. First overall pick, Brad Kaya. But no, stuff like that. So, I'm, I'm, that's always the fun part of the thing too. But I'm excited to kind of go back. And then our draft guy comes out during the combine, which I'll put Derek to work on if you guys keep him sober enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a lot of the draft guide stuff too, but all the analytics stuff. We've got his analytics, quantifying quarterbacks, Anthony Chiados, um, pressure, pressure production. production. Pressure production, uh, Christian Anthony. Page has an offensive line analytics. I think it's like TBD on the name. Marcus Mosher, mm-hmm. he's got a running back analytic, which is awesome. I've seen that as well. Um, big Dalvin Cook guy, hates Leonard Fournette. And, uh, you know, analytics will be probably doing too. So February will be a lot of draft guide and. and Day of the draft shit. Yeah, and sport news mock drafts. Justice and I ha- both have experience working for uh, the Optimus Scouting Draft Guide. Of course, so yeah. You should definitely check that out. It's a really good purchase. Hey, and, thanks, uh, guys. You know, it, it's it's a lot of fun to work on. <laughs> a lot of fun. A lot of fun. It's, to a, it's a lot of work. To, it's, a <laughs> lot, it's a it's, it's a, a lot, lot of fun. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> right, we're out of time, guys. It's a lot Marshall of work to work break. on. We're up against a hard break here. <laughs> all right, uh, so we'll be back Wednesday with an episode from our good buddy, who's not awkward at all, Josh Norris from Josh Norris. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. See you guys.